It's happened once or twice before, but uh, during worship, I just was looking around, and it was as if the Lord just gave me a glimpse of each of you individually, as I'd see one of you. It would, it would be just a glimpse like, oh, that's who they are. That's their commit. Boy, they've really been committed here, or, that, or look what they've done, or who they are, and it feels like family. And like you and your uniqueness, and your unique gifting, and yet family. And I just went from bam, 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 bam. It was really, it's only happened once or twice before, but it's, uh, I feel like God's going to do family, another level, another level. As we worship together, another level of family. We stay unique, we stay in our gifting, and yet we are also family. And uh, speaking of family, I love our speaker tonight. You're, uh, you're in for a really unique message. And there's, there are few things I enjoy more in, in our Christian walk than hearing Blake articulate his story, his journey, what he's seeing, and how he explains it. And I, I just feel so safe. Sometimes it's bizarre stuff. And yet, I've, because I know him so well, if his integrity and who he is and his honesty, I feel really safe with it. And I, I'm always leaving like, I want to hear more. And it's just a beautiful glimpse or journey that's unique from anyone else I know. And so, um, your guys are in for a great trip as he tells you a little bit about our journey. He's recently been promoted to overseeing the Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry and recently uh, added to the senior team here. So he's, he's one who's uh, served and patiently. It's been fun watching God bring him to this place today. So will you guys give a warm Bethel Atlanta welcome to Blake Healy. Woo! How you guys doing? <laughs> good, good, good. All right. So yeah, it's true. I, I do have a little bit of a different kind of message today. I um, it was interesting. I, you know, when we put the put on the schedule that I was going to be the first person to talk at the new new spot, at the new location. I knew that there was something significant to that, and I, I didn't know what it was. But then I just started having conversations with the Holy Spirit about what season we're in and what, what the purpose of this season is and what, what God's doing with us right now. And so really what I, what I felt like doing this evening was a little bit different in the sense that I don't really want to preach or teach you anything. I just kind of want to walk you a little bit through my personal experience of how, how I kind of got here. And I feel like that creates a context to really um, see what I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying about right now. Does that sound okay? Cool. Awesome. All right. So to, to do that, I want to start a little bit early. Um, and some of, you, some of you know this about me, some of you don't. But um, ever since I was a little kid, for as long as I can remember, I've been able, to, uh, been able to see in the spirit. Been able to see angels and demons and other spiritual things, not so differently from the way that I'm seeing all of you. Um, if you're new to that, then surprise. 
<laughs> for those of you who've been around a while, you can pat the person next to you and say, it's okay. <laughs> um, and, <clears throat> and it was interesting because I, even though I, that uh, was something that I experienced from a very young age, it wasn't until I was 12 years old that we started going to a church that really had any real grid for the prophetic and prophetic ministry and even that this kind of gift was possible. So it was really the first time that I had any kind of grid for what I was experiencing. And I, uh, I entered this interesting season where beforehand I would just kind of see things randomly and sometimes it would scare me and sometimes it wouldn't and I'd see good things, bad things and everything and just didn't know what it was for or you know why, why it was happening. And then I got in the stage of like, okay, this is a gift. This is a gift apparently that other people have. And okay, this is something I'm supposed to use, obviously. And so from the age of 12 to about the age of 21, I spent a long period of time trying to figure out how to use this thing, how to, how to make this something that would be useful or to bless people with or, or whatever. And every single time, I tried, I would kind of go back and forth of it working and it not working. And I feel like the best way to kind of boil it down, I'm going through this part a little bit quickly intentionally because of where I want to build to, but whenever I'd see an angel during worship or I would see see the Holy Spirit moving through a place or something like that, when I would see it, I would feel, I would feel this, this amazing something that I couldn't quite put my finger on. But when I would share what I saw with someone else, when I would say the thing that I saw, I could feel that thing, but I could feel that thing not coming out of my mouth, and I could feel the absence of that thing on that person's face with the way that they were receiving what I was saying. Does that make sense? And not, and not necessarily that they weren't interested, not necessarily they didn't think that it was from God. It wasn't really that at all, but there was this thing that I felt when I would, when I would, anytime I would see anything in the spirit, and I didn't feel it coming out of my mouth when I'd share it, and I didn't feel it land on the person in front of me. And so that was the main thing. There was other little things about, you know, I didn't know always how to articulate the things that I saw. I didn't know how to explain them. People would ask me a lot of questions, and you know, I'm a little bit of an introvert by nature, so I was a little bit terrified by people asking me all these questions and things. And so it was that, but when I would, what it would boil down to is I kept feeling the absence of this thing. And I know I'm being obscure, but I'm, and I'm being that way on purpose because I had no idea what it was. But it was so clear, and it was so presently missing that it made me not want to share it at all. So I went back and forth for years, years at a time, being willing to talk about it, being willing to share about it with people, and then it's like, no, I'm not talking about this at all. And then, okay, but I feel like I'm supposed to do something with this, and I'd share it, and back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I was in a season, I was in a period when I'd fully, fully sworn off for the last and fifth time um, <laughs> to, to not share about seeing in the Spirit anymore just because if that thing is missing, then it's not worth sharing at all. And... At one point in the middle of that season, I was um, right around 19 years old, the Holy Spirit told me to go to this school in Redding, California at Bethel. And, you know, I knew, I didn't really know much about Redding. I knew it was the place that you stopped to get gas on your way to Oregon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I knew that maybe there were like some cows there or something. I don't know. I... <laughs> It was, it was just kind of like, it's not like this big, huge town or big, famous place necessarily in just normal California terms. And, you know, I'd heard a little bit about Bethel, and we'd had some of the people come and speak at our church a little bit. But I, you know, I was like, ah, 
I've been in church my whole life. I was a pastor's kid and missionary kid from, from my whole life. My dad, you know, was going to Bible school when I was a kid. We were missionaries in Russia when I was five years old. We've been part of churches and church plants and new churches, old churches, and everything in between. And, you know, I'd be, being a staff kid, you know, sometimes I'd be, you know, playing with my Legos while the staff meetings are going on. I could hear the discussions that were going on. And, you know, as I got older, sometimes I'd get to visit those things and listen and watch and when it, the, the, one of the main reasons, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I wasn't that interested in going to Reading was I was like, yeah, there's something cool going on there, but it's probably just got the same problems as anywhere else, and it's probably got the same struggles as anywhere else, and, you know, it'll, it's just, what's, what's the difference, you know? Because I'd been part of churches where healing happened. I'd been part of churches where the prophetic happened. I'd been part of ch- churches where there had been miraculous things. And if I were to boil it down, and some of this is me being able to look back now and see it more clearly than I could see it then, but I think the two biggest things that I had a problem with was that people didn't really, in my perspective, people didn't really seem to change very much. Like, they'd go to a really good conference, and they'd be super excited when they'd come home, and they'd have a great time, and their life would be changed for about a week. (laughs) And then they would, they would just kind of go back to normal, you know. And I, and I had experienced that myself. I'd go to a conference, and it'd be amazing, and it'd be super cool. And then about a, and after a week, I'd be like, you know, I'm just kind of back to normal, you know. And the other part, too, and this is, this is one I more felt than really fully understood, but I remember when I would see the different structures of leadership, the different styles of leadership in most of the churches that I went to, I kept feeling just like, it seems that for whatever reason, this design grows, 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 and then finds a plateau and lives there forever. <laughs> grows, 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 finds a plateau and lives there forever, you know, and always gets stuck somewhere. And every church that we would go to, I remember this feeling of like, ooh, this one is going up. This feels good. This feels exciting. And then, oh, here's the plateau, and this is where we live now. And so I thought, well, this Reading place is just the, the cool place right now, you know, there's other cool, I've been to other cool places before. And so the Holy Spirit told me to go, and I said, ah, I don't really need to go there. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit told me to go again, and I thought, ah, you know, it's, I, they're just going to be the same thing. It's, it's fine. I don't, I don't need to go to that school. And then the Holy Spirit told me again to go to that school. I said, I don't want to go to that school. <laughs> uh, and went back and forth and forth and back, and... Uh, eventually, you know, we kept having this discussion, this argument, and finally I, I won. <laughs> Which is always an ominous thing when you win an argument with the Holy Spirit, by the way. <laughs> and he stopped asking me to go. And about, about five or six of my friends went up to the school that year, and, you know, they would call me and tell me about all these amazing things, like, I prayed for this person, their leg was three inches shorter than their other leg, and I prayed for them, and their leg grew out, and I prayed for this person, and they got healed, I prayed for this person, they got saved, I prayed for this person, and this happened, and it was amazing, and there's miracles, and this. My God, that sounds nice. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but no. And I remember one time, in particular, this one friend was calling me, and she's, it's like, she's like, just called me real quick, because she was in like a worship service or something like that, and she ran to the back of the room, and She's like, just talking to me, and she's like, oh, there's oil leaking out of my hands. This is weird. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so my attitude was real good, as you can, as you can see. 
Um, and I, you know, I, it's not that I didn't believe that stuff. I was like, oh, when I get there, it's just going to be the same as everywhere else. And in some ways, the deeper thing was I know that it's just, it might, well, my, what I was convinced was, is this going to be another group of hyper-spiritual people that really want me to talk about this gift that doesn't do what it's supposed to do? <laughs> and so I don't want to. So the whole year went by. And as that particular school year was wrapping up, and every time this one particular friend would call me, every single time, she's like, Blake, you need to go to this school. Blake, you need to go to this school. I'm like, ha ha, no, whatever, stop saying that. And, you know, just over and over again. And finally, one night, no, nothing special happened. I was just sitting at my computer one evening, and I just heard the Holy Spirit say again. He hadn't asked me for a, since the beginning, before the, year, the school year started. He said, Blake, I really want you to go to that school. And for whatever reason, when he said it that time, he said it in such a way that completely melted all of the wonderful defenses and ramparts and walls that I had built against the idea instantaneously. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this school. And five seconds, literally five seconds after that, my friend calls me again and starts the conversation with, Blake, you need to come to this school. And I said, all right, tell me what it's like. <laughs> and so... Flash forward a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna skip and hop through this a little bit quickly. I know this beginning part is kind of me talking about me a lot. I'm. It, there's some parallels that lead into what's what God's doing here. So, stick with me. Um, I go to the school. I say, all right, I'm gonna go to this school of yours, God, but I'm not gonna talk to us. I'm not gonna tell a single person that I see in the spirit. Not a single person. Pick that. <laughs> and. <laughs> Again, my attitude is in excellent condition still. I go up there, and my roommate, the second question he asks me after how was your drive was, so do you see in the spirit or something? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, now, I managed to keep on the DL for the most part during my first year. I didn't let a lot of people know that I saw in the spirit, and really only my roommates are the only ones who found out. And then during our missions trip at the end of the year, my season completely changed in one moment because of a single prophetic word. And it was a single prophetic word that was extremely simple, extremely brief, and would seem maybe cheesy or simple to anyone else. But I just wanted to tell you that prophetic words are not about how profound they are, or how eloquent they are, or how well-spoken they are. It's about whether or not it carries the creative power of God's voice in it. And this one did, because we're caravanning down to our missions trip, Friend gets on the radio and says, hey, Blake, this word's for you. It's time to get out of the cave. And immediately I felt that exact same feeling that I had had earlier of it piercing my heart, melting all my defenses, and saying, okay, I need to start sharing this. I shared my, about the things that I saw while I was down there in uh, Mexico. And then I came back home and I shared in a small group about the thing, about, told, told my whole story, um, which I've only really hopped through here. And people ask me questions for three and a half hours, which would have terrified me a week before. But because my season had changed, it was really easy to give clear answers to what I was, to what I was experiencing. Really simple ways, simple comparisons to, to other things, to explain all the things that I had. And I could feel that feeling that I had when I would see in the Spirit coming out of my mouth. Now, that didn't happen overnight. That was a buildup. That was me showing up very 
you know, bitter and resentful is maybe too strong a word, but cranky at the very least <laughs> to this school. And then bit by bit, hearing Bill, Chris, Danny, all these amazing speakers say all the things that the Holy Spirit had been whispering to me in the secret place, saying all the things that I had hoped that were true about God, saying all the things that I had told to my other friends, and they said, I don't know if that's true, or that, I don't know, that seems a little extreme, I don't know, that, 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 that just seems like too much. Saying all these things, and, the, and, every, and as these people are speaking, I'm feeling that thing that I feel when I see in the Spirit. And so, my entire season changed with one prophetic word. Flash forward a little bit, and I'm in second year, and I'm totally falling in love with what they're doing in Reading, because not only do they have this supernatural stuff going on, but I watched over the course of my first year and into my second year, these people who I quite honestly looked at a couple of them and was like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be real annoying all year. <laughs> and I'm watching him week after week after week change and change and change and stay changed and then changing more and changing more so much so that I stopped calling it change and start calling it growth. (laughs) It's a unique concept. (laughs) Um, Novel, really. Um, And all of these people around me, that's happening to, they're changing and they're staying changed and they're getting more changed. They're growing, they're growing, they're growing. And I'm watching that happen, and I'm watching it stick over a summer into another year and them growing more. I'm like, man, this is not how I've seen church work before. <laughs> and I get you know, opportunities as, as I go further in the years to see how different parts of the leadership function and the way that they talk to each other is different. The way that they make room for each other and each other's differences and different opinions is different. And I start to feel all the things that I hoped the church could be all of the areas where it felt like it would get stuck on this disappointment or this limitation or this thing, those would happen, but then it would shift up again and again and again. I'm like, man, this is something special. And as I entered my second year, my thought process shifted, man, this is a cool place. This is awesome. This is amazing. But what would really impress me is if this could be done somewhere else. Like if this, it's great that this is a spot where you can come and get this kind of presence, this kind of anointing, this kind of culture, but can it transfer? Can it go somewhere else? Not a carbon copy, but like a father-to-son DNA transfer that has the same core but grows into its own thing. I had this whole thought. And then one night, I'm at a Sunday night service at uh, Bethel Reading, and I'm in worship, and I feel this pull to go outside. So I walk outside, don't really know what I'm out there for, and I just feel this slightly more gentle pull towards this gravel parking lot. I think the parking lot's gone now, but it's uh, up this little hill to a gravel parking lot. I walk up to the gravel parking lot and stand there. Now, again, I've, I've seen in the Spirit since I was a little kid, my first memory is seeing an angel, and so most of the time when I'm seeing in the Spirit, I don't do a lot of, like, you know, <laughs> uh, external action because A, I think it's a little distracting, and B, I'm generally not that surprised. It's just normal, you know. But <laughs> I get up to this gravel parking lot, and this angel falls out of the sky and lands in front of me, and the anointing that this angel is carrying is so strong that I do one of these. <laughs> and this angel is covered in fire from head to toe, 
and yeah, <laughs> and I have a hard time looking at him, and the sensation is almost like when you look into the sun or a really, really bright light, like you have this deep thing that's like forces you to turn away because it hurts, or like when your hand gets too close to something that's hot, you can feel all those internal instincts like trying to get you to pull, pull away. And it's like that, but not painful that I was feeling of, of just like, oh, I can't look this thing in the eye. And not because this angel is, has such an awesome anointing, like implicit in the experience is it, it almost felt like a coal that had been launched from the very center of the fire. That still, you know, like if you're camping or something like that, a big hot coal gets spit out and it still has that heat resonating off it. It's like, this angel came from a closer place to God than I've been before, kind of thing. And so the angel said, hey, I came to tell you some things. And I said, okay. And he told me a lot of things, but one of the things that he did is he pulled out this scroll. And the scroll, scroll was very, very dark. It was like a dark navy blue. And it had this map drawn on it. And it was the map of the United States. And the, the lines of the United States were drawn in this crystalline blue line. And all the states were there and everything. And where I was in Northern California in Redding, I saw this small blue dot. And as I looked at the dot, it spread and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I saw another dot appear right where I now know Atlanta to be. And as I looked at that dot, it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I saw dots appear Two more dots appear, then three more, and then all over the place. And all the dots started getting bigger to the point that it, this, the whole United States became this crystalline blue color. And I didn't know what that meant exactly, other than it felt good. Until a couple days afterwards, uh, Judy Franklin, who was one of Bill's, um, Bill Johnson's assistants, said, hey, do you know, do you know what you're going to do after school? I said, no, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to do after school. She says, and she said, well, there's this couple called Stephen and Lindy Hale who are thinking of char starting a Bethel church in Atlanta. And I said, huh, that makes sense. <laughs> so flash forward a little bit further, and I... Have you know met Stephen Lindy? Got some. They were in the same class as me, but I hadn't really you know got to know them super well. And then went, went on a trip to get a ministry trip together to Webb, Alabama, and got to know them a little bit, a little bit of the vision. And April and I are dating at this point. We're deciding, hey, should we should we go out and do this? And so we take a trip. Um, I believe it was over the summer between second and third year, if I'm not mistaken, um, or right before to visit Atlanta to kind of just check it out and see how we feel and listen to the Holy Spirit. And as we're um, going there, I, um, <laughs> this is funny now, but we were driving around looking at all the possible buildings that we could have, you know, start the church in, and uh, checking all these different places, and, you know, just dreaming and talking about everything, and as we do, I notice that there's this very unusual looking angel following us around. This angel, its wings, instead of having feathers, it has, its feathers are almost the color and the bit of the shape of, like, leaves in the autumn, like these beautiful multicolored leaves for feathers. And he's following us everywhere that we go. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what's, what's up with this angel? <laughs> You're never going to know unless you ask a question. Um, and I heard him say 
this angel's name is Ages. Now, I very rarely hear angels' names for, for whatever reason. It's just something that I, people ask me all the time, but I just normally don't hear their names. I said, this, this angel's name is Ages, and he's assigned to protect the move of God for this area. And he's signed, assigned to guard the move of God for Bethel, Atlanta. And I said, all right. Seems like a cool place. <laughs> and so long story short, we move out here. We get, April and I get married. We move out here a couple months after we get married. And start, start attending Bethel, Atlanta. You know, and start, building the, start doing the school and everything. And I remember... It's about a year, year, a year and a half, maybe two years into our church. We're at the ABC building. How many of you were with us at the ABC building? Awesome. Yeah. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. <laughs> I didn't get any reverb. I was hoping I'd get to sound like Moses for a second. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so I was at, so we're at the ABC building, and um, I, I was standing in the back, and I was just. Anytime that there's a, a church or someone, a Christian household or things like that, there, um, there's always just a, a presence that builds up around a place. There's certain angels that are always there. There's certain angels that are just present in certain people's houses and certain churches and things like that. And so as we were in a year and a half, two years into, into things, I um, say, hey, I, wonder what, I wonder what we have going on. And I looked over on this side of the stage, and it is here right now, and it's followed us the whole time that I've been around, there's this angel that's covered head to toe in these blue flames. And every time during worship, this angel just runs around and lights stuff on fire and dances around like a maniac and runs around to people and lights them on fire. And Yeah. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> and I asked the Holy Spirit what that was about, and I heard him say this this is an angel that carries breakthrough in worship. And I looked over on the other side of the stage, and still to this day, this angel also follows us and has been in every building that we've been in. And this angel is built kind of like a football player, like big stocky guy, and he's wearing this big thick armor that's, I mean, each the plate of the armor is like this thick, like really, really thick, heavy armor, and it has um, these letters etched into every side and every part and every corner. And every, every single notch has this lettering etched into it. And he's got this big tube on his back that's holding something. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, what's, what's that angel about? And I heard him say, this one's the bearer of the testimony. And immediately my knee-jerk reaction was, could I see some of them? <laughs> and the angel reached inside this tube and pulled out a scroll. And he rolled it along the ground, and it rolled past me, and then it was almost like the, uh, the paper just kept like scrolling past me. And at first, it was just like these line item things, just like person's name, um, leg injury healed, and then such and such date. Person's name, such and such disease healed, this date, and just over and over, financial testimonies, physical healing testimonies, and it just kept going. It's like, just go, 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 going, and I'm like, after a few seconds of this going by, I'm like, I've only been around for like a year and a half or two years or something like that. I mean, this seems like a lot of testimony. So anyway, I know we're awesome and everything, but, <laughs> and I was like, Holy Spirit, this seems like a lot of testimonies. And I, and I looked down at where we were at and he said, oh, 
those are the ones that haven't happened yet. And it, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pay attention to these ones. And oh, switching back. Check. Whoa. We're live. And so this, this is sailing by me. And then uh, it starts changing. It's not just these line items. It starts to be like pictures and little video things. And then a news article comes up. And I see this news article with a picture. And it's a photograph of a building. Uh, the building's in the background with these rolling hills and a forest back in the back. And in the, uh, excuse me, in the background. And in the foreground, there is just this big pile, like a foot, one, one or two feet taller than my head of crutches and wheelchairs and other medical equipment just piled in this big, big hill. And so it just kept scrolling by again and again and again. <coughs> a few, a little bit later, I was, uh, when I first moved here, I was, uh, worked in North Atlanta. And I was driving up there, and I was driving up the, uh, the 85 um, before it fell over. <laughs> and uh, it's a cheap joke, but there we go. And so... <laughs> I was driving up there, I was in the middle of downtown, and I'm driving in my car, and then, uh, then all of a sudden I find myself on top of one of the buildings in the, in the middle of downtown. Now, I, I know that it's a vision, because I can feel myself sitting in my chair, I can feel my hands on the steering wheel, but 100% of my vision is seeing this, this picture. And I just figured that God had the car thing covered. <laughs> <laughs> because there's not a lot I can do about that right now. And so I'm standing on the, on the very edge on this tall, tall building, and I look over, and the angel that had met me in the parking lot that had the, the scroll with the map is standing there. And he looks at me, and then just leans forward and falls off. Head first, though. I'm not going to try that. And I know that I'm supposed to follow, um, and even though I know that this is a vision, I still feel a sense of, uh, you know, dread or nervousness about it because it looks very real. But then I'm like, there's not really another way down or anything. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and so I just lean forward, and the building rushes past me. And I see the pavement, and the pavement rushes up to meet me. But as soon as I hit the pavement, I go straight through it like it's made out of smoke. And I'm falling down, 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 and rocks and piping and stuff just is rushing by me. And I'm going down, 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 what feels like for a long time. And then in the distance, I see this teeny, tiny, crystalline blue dot. And as I get closer, the dot gets bigger. And I realize it's an opening. And as I get to the opening, it, the, it was just kind of this tunnel I was falling down. It opened up into this vast, vast cave system. I mean, it was bigger than, a, than an indoor football stadium or an airplane hangar or anything. It was just really big, really vast as far as I could see. And I kind of slowed down and landed on this outcropping of rock, and the angel was standing there next to me. And in this cavern was this vast crystalline blue lake, again, as far as my eyes could see and as wide as my eyes could see. And so I turned to the angel and said, what's up with this lake? And the angel said, this is the well of revival that's been appointed for this area. 
And I said, oh. <laughs> so how do we get it? Drills or? Yeah. yeah, he didn't laugh much at that either. <laughs> and so he, he paused for a moment. And then he turned to look at me and he said, learn how to honor. And then I was back in my car. And so I, I, I say all of that and I go through all of that bit of history because I have felt the hand of God on this place. I believe that God is doing a lot with a lot of different churches, with a, in a lot of different streams, in a lot of different areas. And I, I think it's important that we value and honor those. And I think that's even part of that, that word. But I also feel and have followed God's hand on this place. And I wanted to take on this little journey and to uh, prophesy into right now. Because I f I f as soon as we got got into the spot of stepping into this location and stepping into this season, I felt that there was something very important happening and that God is preparing us for something. And, you know, maybe, maybe some of you were a little bit like me where, like, okay, we have the property now and everything, and it's like, I, you know, I kind of thought that, like, Sandy Creek was the, the thing before the thing, <laughs> but now we have this thing. Is this the thing before the thing, or...? <laughs> Which I, doesn't make sense, but I know you're following me, right? Right? Yeah. And, but it, it stuck out to me enough that I'm like, this, this doesn't feel like an accident. This feels like God. And it's because it felt like a lot of things that have happened. One of the first words that um, Judy Franklin had as we got started as a church, she said, don't grow too fast. And I was like, huh. And I, I honestly kind of resented the word just a little bit because I, when I'm like all in at a place and really, you know, feel the wind of God, I'm like, yeah, let's do 50,000 people starting tomorrow and it's going to be awesome and we're just going to go for it. It's just super big, amazing. And so I'm kind of like, ah, that feels like a bit of a downer. But I'm really glad that she gave it and I'll tell you why. And, you know, it's, you guys don't know every single story, but we've, we've, you know, before we bought the property that we currently own, we, we were looking for a building on the regular for years. And we'd find a spot and it'd be like, yeah, this spot seems pretty good. And we'd start pursuing it a little bit and then something would happen and it would just fall through. Not something like bad necessarily, but just something, you know. And it kept happening over and over for different reasons and different situations. So much so that I finally started feeling like, okay, this, this is so consistent. This has to be God. Because, man, striving should have gotten us somewhere by now. But no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, even, so it, it mentally, even though we still did some practical looking, like mentally and spiritually, I very much switched to a place of, okay, I'm waiting for something special. And you guys have heard, you know, some of you have heard, and there's, there's a, you know, a whole story about how this, this, you know, the amazing, uh, just prophetic, prophetic leading that we had towards the property that we currently have, and you know, we can leave that for another time. But I've, as that we were having trouble with properties and things like that, I felt, even though I didn't at first like that word that Judy gave, I even then I felt that it was right, and I didn't know why, but I just knew that it was right.
And as we've grown and as we've been through this season more, I realized that it was when God, when God builds something, he wants to build it right. And when he wants to build something right, sometimes that means it takes time to do it right. In fact, most things that are worth doing do take a good amount of time. Most things that are built to last take a amount of time. And so even if you have felt a sense of like there being a ceiling or there being a, a, a drag, if you will, on growth or on expansion or on more or on this kind of stuff, I've felt and seen it as the hand of God holding back so that we grow on the inside before we grow on the outside. <laughs> you know? And I feel it's important to share this now. I've felt this for a long time, but I feel like it's important to share it now because I think it's almost over. I asked the Holy Spirit, what is this season that we're in? And I heard him say, you're engaged. I know it's... <laughs> and yes, that kind of engaged. Uh, and it immediately flashed me back to when I was engaged to, to my wife, April, and, you know, we got engaged, and, you know, by the time I'm asking on, my, on one knee with a ring asking her to marry me, I'm pretty sure that I want to marry this girl. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting to that point <laughs> being like, ah, oh, we'll see how this goes. You know, it's, it's, I'm ready, I'm committing in my heart to getting married to this girl, you know. And so it's, so as we're entering into our engagement season and we're planning the wedding and it's, you know, stressful because there's all this logistics and stuff. I'm like, what's the point of this engagement time? It's like, we're both committed. We both want to, you know, want to, want to be married, want to do this. Let's, let's just, you know, let's go to the courthouse, whatever, you know, I don't know. And as I was feeling that, I could feel the Holy Spirit telling me like, you're missing something. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm missing something, then I need to pay attention. So I paid attention, and I could, uh, there's something really interesting that I noticed happening. I, um, I had never been a person who was very anxious to get married. I always really wanted to get married. I always, it was a big desire of my heart, but I wasn't anxious. I wasn't concerned. I didn't, wasn't worried about not getting married or anything like that. But it was so amazing. As soon as our engagement started over the course, as we got closer and closer to our wedding date, I could feel the grace to be, um, content being married peeling away from me i could feel the holy spirit leaving that place that he was filling if that makes sense to make room and accommodate april my wife and it's interesting paying attention to that made me appreciate and pay more attention to the soul connection that i was stepping into with April, be more aware of it to protect it more because I was more intimately, more acutely aware of what it was and what, it, what, what, what spot she was meant to sit in. Does that make sense? And I want to, I feel like this is an important word because I feel like we're engaged right now. We're in a season where we are preparing for what has been promised to us. We're preparing where we have land. We're building a building. We're, we're making all these cool plans. And it's very easily could be a season where we're sitting in this grace, hoping and thinking, everything being focused on, well, when this happens, when this happens, when that happens, and totally miss the amazing, powerful blessing that's on this season. Because when you think about it, being engaged is a very short season that only happens once, you know? In, in a, you know, usually only once anyway. Um, and 
Um, it, but in, in a given marriage, it only happens once, and it's a temporary thing. And so it would be a shame to miss the grace on that temporary season. Does that make sense? And right now we're in a temporary season, but there's a special grace on this season that we need to be open to, that we need to receive, that we need to be engaged with, because it will carry us in with greater momentum to the place that we're going. Does that make sense? Because I've been a lot of places, and I've felt the hand of God in a lot of places. But I can feel the weight of the Holy Spirit on this place. I always have. And like I said, I sometimes in my mind, I call it the doom. And not doom in a bad way, but just a the weight of the presence is so heavy that it it we couldn't get a building until it was time to get us a building. We couldn't push past the season before it was time. We we're doomed to follow the plan of God, <laughs> to doom to follow the place of God. And as, as a person who spent a period of time growing on the inside before it was time for me to grow on the outside, I want to let you guys know to cherish the season that you're in right now. This is the last season where we as a body get to grow on the inside without also growing on the outside. Now, I know that's a bit metaphorical, but it's, it's a season of where it is about focusing on the inside, focusing on growth, focusing on health, focusing on, on intimacy with God without, because now that season doesn't go away, trust me, unless you want to die. Um, but it's a big difference between just focusing on that and also having an external outreach where there's a constant flow of new things, new people, new circumstances, new areas that we're reaching. And I can feel us on the precipice of stepping into that bright new season. And so it's one of those things, it's just like when you get married, like it's good to be single, but it's, I would say that for me it was better to get married. But I, I... it was important for me to embrace my being single season because that season died and ended. You know what I mean? It was good that it did, but that season is gone, and there's a new one. And then there was this other season of us being Blake and April, young married couple. And then we had children. <laughs> and that season died. <laughs> but that was a good death. <laughs> Because there's greater glory. I mean, my, I, I have opened wells of love I did not even know existed, you know. It's a dip, but it's not that season ever again, you know. Maybe when they all move out, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that I cherished that time then and didn't just yearn for the next season. You know what I mean? And so we're moving to an even better season soon. We're moving to an even better season, an even greater season where there's more possibility, where there's more, more of everything. However, man, don't miss out on this season because this is the last time it's going to be like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be better, but this is the last time it's going to be like this. <clears throat> All right, so if you guys would just stand up real quick, I want to just prophesy into that a little bit. I know it's been a little bit different than, than normal and if you're, if, you know, if you're not part of the Bethel family, maybe you're like, oh, man, this is weird. Um, but even, even if, you know, obviously this is kind of family talk in, in, in some ways, but even if you're not a direct part of the Bethel family, you know, if you're an, an uncle or a second cousin or something like that, um, 
or even if you're just, just a visitor, like I feel like, I feel like there's a grace even for people who are just visiting or people who just visit occasionally to receive the fruit, to receive the momentum, to receive the blessing of any house that you come under for, for a, even, a short, even a season as short as a day. You know what I mean? And so I'm just going to pray for you and just prophesy into this for just a second. God, I just thank you so much for this season that we're in, Lord. I thank you so much that we have a, another season, a last stretch of growing on the inside before it's time to grow on the outside as well. That we have this last season of what it's like to be, to be, um, to be a small church, <laughs> to be a small family, to be a, a place that is, that is flexible, to be a place that is traveling, to be a place that, that has that, the, the flexibility that comes with being able to just move to Saturday night services, being able to do this, being able to do that, Lord. I thank you so much for that grace. And I ask that we receive every single drop of blessing that you have for this, this last stretch in this season, Lord. This, this, this time of engagement where we are already moving towards that new destiny, where we have already committed to that new destiny, that we would receive every single drop of that special season where we've committed to the new breakthrough but are still walking in the current breakthrough, Lord, that this would not be a time where we just look ahead and say, well, when this happens, when this happens, but we would be deeply rooted in the, in the overflow of grace that you have for right now. And I, even if you're new here and even if you've recently joined this, this church family, I just... I feel like every blessing that has been on this house from its very beginning is being squeezed into this season so that not a single person that comes has to miss the blessing and anointing of being here at, at the starting line, being here as we're beginning, being here in this early season, that you get to receive the full measure. You get to be that servant who came later in the day but received the full payment. And I just release that on every single person here right now in the name of Jesus, that no matter whether you this is your first day or you've been here a week or you've been here since day one, that everyone receives the full measure of grace from this season. And at this, that this doesn't go away with the new season, but it becomes something that we hand out to people as they come in, that it becomes something that we get to anoint people with. And as we are in this season, I just release the graces that have been on this house on every single person. I release dreams coming true. I release stepping into destinies. I release financial breakthroughs, financial stability, financial health that those things are squeezed out of this season right now in Jesus' name. I release prophetic breakthrough. I release the enjoyment of the season where we get to eat manna that falls from the heaven, where we get to follow the fire by night and the cloud by day, that it is not a waste of time, that it is not a boring season, that it is the season where we get to be led by hand by the Lord God Almighty. Let us not despise the day of small beginnings, Lord. Let us receive the full breath of your spirit that's appointed for just this time, God. Just this time, Lord. And as we, as we pursue, as we keep going deeper, as we, as we dig into this new season, I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, and I heard him say this in first service, I heard him say it in second service, that every single set of worship that we do in this house, in this building, will carry breakthrough. Not a single one will not. 
without exception, there will just be a special anointing. Every single worship set we do in this house will have the opportunity for you be, to be different than you were before you came into it. And I just release that in Jesus' name. I also feel that it's a season of great personal breakthrough for individuals. If, you've, if there's areas where you've been struggling with God's nature, with God's goodness, with can I hear God's voice, can I do this, if there's a special anointing in, this, in the last steps of this pioneer season to embrace a revelation that we have not yet experienced the truth of as though we have a lifetime of experience with it. And so I just release that acceleration to this house, that there would be, bless you, and <laughs> in many ways. And I just release that breakthrough that, again, I, I already said it once, but I want to say it again, that, that there would be a grace to walk in revelations, breakthroughs, and wisdom that you did not have to fight for, that you get just because you came to the right place at the right time. I just release that right now in Jesus' name, that there is no person in here who gets a second-class impartation, that gets a second-class opportunity or spot, that you have been invited in to a deep family time. And I release the full blessing of that in Jesus' name. And I just declare now that every single thing that we do, be it worship on Sunday mornings, be it times of prayer, be it messages, or be it times of ministry, that every single thing that we do will draw each of us into a more deep, more personal, and more individual relationship with our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much, everybody. Well, you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. I don't know about you, but I just feel like I got a big, bat, big fat reward, so...